1: This is the GM Shuffle. If Kevin O'Connell ever goes out to Las Vegas, they won't let him in any casino. He's the luckiest fucking bastard on planet Earth. He is so lucky, it's unbelievable. Now it's going to run out eventually, but it's not run
0: out so far.
1: You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi. Presented by DraftKings and V-CIN. is Femi Abebefei.
0: Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi presented by DraftKings and Vs. And I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos as always. Michael, what a weekend in the National oh, Football league.
1: My goodness. Have you this- thawed out? Are you thawed out? Because I, <laughs> I heard you were in Buffalo cheering on two. Is that true? <laughs> Huh? Were you up I, I there? Think
0: I, I think I was cheering for the other quarterback in that game based on a, a, a bet that I made over the weekend. But we'll get into that a little bit later. That game? How about that game? That was awesome. But like we talked about leading up to this on Thursday, that hey, this weekend we get three games. Saturday we get a full slate on Sunday. And it was electric from start to finish. And let's start with what we saw here in Las Vegas, Michael. Oh my, my goodness. God. The New England Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm not sure if this game has a nickname yet. We'll have to come up with one uh, in the near future. But the Raiders win an improbable game against the Patriots 30-24. to 24. And this was a situation where the Raiders had to drive the field to tie the game up. The Keelan Cole touchdown from Derek Carr. And then the last play of the game, which I'm still trying to figure out how in the world that just happened? Jacoby Myers lateraling the ball backwards. Chandler Jones takes it in for a touchdown as the Raiders walk it off. Uh, what was your reaction watching that in your living room, Michael, yesterday afternoon? Well,
1: you know, I, I mean, obviously I, I, I have two emotions. I really like the Patriots, as you know. Mm-hmm. I, and it, it's painful for me to watch them on offense trying to throw the football. I mean, it's a huge issue. And, and, and it's so bad. And it's, you know, and he, and I, as I'm watching that game, you know when they lost when the when the Raiders lost their offensive lineman, you know, and then they had to replace them. I mean, New England was in complete control of that game in the second half. I think they had two first downs, and 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 Carr looked bad, and the whole team looked bad. And then on that last drive, you know, they got a fourth and ten, and they throw the out over there to the to the bench, and they get the first down, and then then the cold catch, which I didn't think it was I I mean at first I thought it was but then when I saw the replay I didn't think it was but I couldn't really tell you know and Mm -hmm. what's so amazing about how the league is such a thin line between winning and losing had that game been on Sunday night with NBC and the whole crew Mm -hmm. you know all of them your girl Maria everybody there right you know they would have more cameras we'd have been able to see it but I didn't think it was a touchdown, but I didn't think you could overturn it, right? Matty Eumann sent me a text like late last night of a, of a picture of it. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but I can't tell if that was photoshopped or not. So the to me, the improbable play that Cole makes, because I've seen Cole drop too many balls to really trust him and think he'll make a tough catch. You know, situation like that, the Raiders are uh, Raiders are struggling and they throw the ball over the top. For a touchdown against a team that works on situational football, that was a shock. And then, you know, the play, which to me made no sense at all. I, I mean, you, you know that you could see the sideline, and I'm not defending anybody here, but that wasn't what the coaches intended, but when you, but all, they allowed it to happen. You know, I mean, I think they, I, I, Jacoby Myers said in the interview after the game, and I give the kid credit. I mean, he stood up and took blame for it, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be his blame. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around in that play there. But, I mean, you could see that, you know, if you get on the ground. But what was shocking was that, that, that they did it. Like, this team with the Patriots this year has to be driving the head coach crazy because it represents everything that he doesn't want to do. They can't throw the ball. They make too many dumb decisions. They, they're, they're, they haven't been great in situations. I mean, they're they nothing like you would su- expect a team that has been coached by him.
0: Why do you think that this is happening? Because after the game, Belichick was asked about that final play, of course, and he said, quote, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week. I would imagine they've gone over late-game scenarios of, hey, we have the football tie game. What are we going to do if we can't get in the field goal range? Do we try to score a touchdown? It feels like this is something that should have come up over the course of the week and over the course of the entire season in practicing situational football. So how does this happen? Well, I mean, for a team that does it, I mean, this is the second
1: game they've lost on the last play of the game. Go back to two thousand and eighteen. Google the Miami Dolphins improbable win, Kenyon Drake, when Gronk was the safety back there. Mm -hmm. Now, in that game, remember, in that game, Miami needed a touchdown. It was the last play of the game, and New England was playing for the – they were playing for the the Hail Mary pass, right? And so, you know, so Gronk's back there to defend the Hail Mary, and then they start running that crazy thing that they were doing last night, and – You know, Gronk can't tackle Kenyon Drake, and they lose that game, and, you know, it's a killer, right? So this is the second time it's happened. I mean, they ran the draw. Like, to me, okay, you're running the draw. I don't think they felt like they could have thrown it in the back of the end zone. All right, so they didn't. But if you run the draw, just get on the ground. Like, if you're going to run the draw, why not just play the half out, right? Mm -hmm. Just kneel it down. What, What are we running? Like, that drives me crazy about football is at the end of the half, why have the back take more hits? that he doesn't need to take when you're just going to run the clock out anyway. And you could see – I see Judge on the sideline, like, with his hands up. And then when Jacoby Myers did what he did, look, you, the, the coaches have to assume responsibility, and it starts with the head coach. I mean, he knows that it's on him. I mean, but this team has been this way all year. They do dumb things at the wrong time. And, you know, they get, the, the thing that's overlooked in this game is to get a punt blocked. Yeah. I mean, nobody works on pump protection more than they do, and they got a pump block. There's too many details that aren't getting handled, and they don't represent what typically is a New England Patriot team. And so, I mean, there's going to have to be a really hard self-evaluation, and and it's going to have to start with the head coach because, you know, they can't throw the ball. I mean, let's just put it out there. They cannot throw the football. You know, this whole Matt Patricia, Joe Judge – it, it it's not working. I mean, we're what? How many would are we in week sixteen?
0: Yeah, entering week sixteen.
1: I mean, like you, you want to say Mac Jones sucks, but you watched him last year with Josh McDaniels. He didn't suck, right? So you decide. I, I I mean, they they can't throw the ball. Like they have no passing game. They just run plays. I've been saying this for how long? It's bad, and, and it's not working. It's just not working, and and it's hard. You know, I can remember when Juan Castillo became the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. He was over at NFL Films one day, and I was over there. Me and Baldy were watching tape over there. And Juan comes in there, and, and he's like, I can do it, Mike. I can do it. I can be the line coach. I, I can be the coordinator. I learned from Jim Johnson. You know, and I'm like, Juan. If you can do that, they should just make you the greatest coach of all time. There's no way you can do it. And I think that's right. I was right. And I think it's the same thing with Patricia. Just because he coaches defense doesn't mean he can call offensive plays or set up an offense. Like, it's it's kind of a hard – It's not it's not there. And I think what Vance Joseph said was true. He was being honest. Mac
0: Jones yesterday – 13 of 31, 112 yards passing. That goes line with what you're saying about this Patriots offense not being able to What makes it ball. worse,
1: Femi? Femi, what makes it freaking worse is the Raiders are not any good on defense, yeah. on the back end. Like, if you can't throw the ball on the Raiders, who you go, who couldn't you throw the ball on? I mean, and they did a great job of protecting, too. I mean, you know, they, they were able to – I mean, Mac Jones got hit in the third quarter, but they were protecting Mac. I mean, he had time to throw it. They just have no idea on how to set up a game plan, how to attack an offense, how to attack the adjustment. All the things that I learned from there, all the things that I believe in in offensive football, from learning it from there, from Walsh, from Belichick, from all the coaches, it just it doesn't. They just run plays. They just run plays. And they play battleship football. K5, miss. Okay, let's try G3. Like, there's no rhyme or reason, and their offensive line execution is so bad. Like, the biggest problem beci- the biggest problem is the fundamentals and techniques of their offensive line. They don't have any.
0: Belichick was asked after the game why Mac Jones did not throw the Hail Mary on the final play. He said, quote, couldn't throw it that far. Do you agree with that? Because I think Mac, he's not known for having one of the strongest arms, but it was only about – 55-ish yards, maybe 50 yards. I, I, it felt that maybe if you wanted to attempt a, a, a go at it for the win, that would might be the most efficient way to go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, I, I just think to me, if you're going to run it, just kneel the goddamn thing down. Avoid losing. Avoid losing. You know? And then, look, you know, if, if, if you allow your players to do dumb things because you allow them to do dumb things, it's on you too, right? You're either coaching mm-hmm. it or allowing it to happen. You know, and, and nobody works on situations more. I mean, look, that the, the play to Gronk, they worked on that situation, but they didn't work on the situation with Gronk on the field with Drake. Right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so it's the same thing here. Like, what what made anybody think that running that play at the end of the game was going to be a smart decision?
0: Yeah, especially with the limited time that they had and no timeout. So it's not like you were – being able to get the ball in the field goal range, there was no. It was either score a touchdown or go to OT, and the, and the score was tied. Uh, why,
1: why not just? <laughs> why not just kneel it down? I mean, Folk made a 54 yarder earlier in the game, and so you know when they got the ball, when they got the ball, you're like, okay, let's see what we're doing here, you know. And, and 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 when they got the ball to start the drive, there was 32 seconds left to go. They had two timeouts. They're at their own 25, and so they throw a short pass for eight yards to Jacoby Myers. They use a timeout. Mm-hmm. Which to me, you know, when you, you know, one of the things that's the, the tenets of what they believe in two minute offense is don't throw for eight yards and use up time. You got to throw the ball in the middle of the field. You're better off with an incompletion than you are an eight yard gain, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I agree with, right? So then second and two, they run it up the middle, and now the clock's running, and they got to call another time. They, they, they run it again. They run it again on third and two to get the first down, right? Right? They yeah. run it again on third and two to get the first down. They have to use their last timeout. So now they got the ball first and ten at the New England forty five. So they're 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 what are they? Let's say they're fifteen yards away, maybe maybe okay, let's say they're eighteen yards away. So he's an incomplete pass, right? And then he throws another incomplete pass. And now it's third. We well, got three seconds left to go in the game. Kneel it down. I mean, I'm sure that's second-guessing, but kneel it down. I mean, why run it? Where are we going with it? There's three seconds, like you said. And, and I, I don't know what you thought, but when the play started, I thought, oh, shit, he might score. And then the camera never really showed you, but apparently the Raiders had all their defensive players back by the goal line. They were <laughs> expecting a Hail Mary.
0: Yeah, I think the Raiders were going to let them get however many yards they wanted because the Raiders knew. All right, whatever. He's going to pick up some yards. We'll just go to overtime. And then inexplicably the lateral start, which I still don't understand how that happens when it's a tie football game. Why you would choose the time to lateral and then even to throw the ball to Mac Jones, even if Mac Jones catches it, what do we? Yeah, what's he going to do with it? Yeah, what's he going to do? What's he going to do with it? He's the least athletic guy on the field. Where, where was he going?
1: I mean, what's he going to do with it? Remember he ran the bootleg out there on, uh, when they were trying to put the game away on third and ten, you know, and Crosby ended up ca- capturing them. I mean, it was like, okay, you know, I mean, like there, you know, I mean, so like, look, it's, I mean, say whatever you want. I, I think to mm-hmm. me, this whole season has been, and, and I'm going to say this now, I don't think the Patriots are that bad offensively, as bad as they look in terms of their personnel. Remember, I believe this: it's either coaching, scheme, or players. Right? There's three things: mm-hmm. players, coaches, or scheme. And I think you got to really be self-critical if you're in New England and say we're just not very well coached on offense and our schemes are not very good. I mean, it's just fa- fair because the talent level is a lot better. Like, there's more talent on the raid on the on the Patriots offense than there is on the Raider offense. Now they don't have Adams, and they and Waller's obviously a good player, but they've got depth at running back. They've got two tight ends they've got good enough receivers they may not be the, they may not be adams but they've got depth at receiver like for them not to be able to throw the football half effectively i i mean it just it, it's it, it's mind blowing and and look we see it in the league there's a reason why you know Walsh said years ago very few people can coach the quarter can evaluate the quarterback and even fewer can coach him mm-hmm. and to and this and this experiment is, is a failed? It's, it just doesn't work. It's not there. It's not getting any better. There's no continuity from week to week to week.
0: It's a devastating loss for the Patriots and their playoff hopes there. They fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. This was one that they kind of needed to have because they have they the were Cincinnati the, Bengals. They dominated
1: the second half. Yeah. I mean, Femi, the the Raiders had two first downs going into the last drive. It was painful. They That's couldn't ridiculous. get anything going. They couldn't protect. I mean, Carr was back there and and – and all they kept doing was just pushing the pocket back, and the the Raider offensive line couldn't hold up, especially inside. You know they're playing the Garcia kid at guard. He was a he's typically a center. Then they put the other kid in at left guard when 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 uh, what's his face gets hurt. So now they're back they're back up they're back they're two backup guards are playing, and it was bad. You know I mean here's here's the thing: Judon didn't is even on the stat sheet, and they were and they were getting pressure on him.
0: Yeah. Uche's turning into and so, a good player.
1: Yeah, and so Uche made plays, and but to me, all of a sudden, fourth and 10. They give up that fourth and 10. I mean, that was the one. You know, Mac Hollins makes the catch in front of Mac Jones, and the next thing you know, they throw another six yarder. Then they throw it down the middle for 20 yards, and then, you know, he, he throws an incompletion, and then second and 10 with 37 seconds left to go in the game. Did you think it was a touchdown, Femi?
0: I didn't think so, but I didn't think you could overturn it like you said. I, I thought it was razor-thin close, and I was actually—it's funny that you brought up the if this game was on NBC because that's what I was telling myself yesterday. I was like, we needed the NBC it zoom in that they have—that's like 4K—and they could still zoom in because I think if they zoomed in on the broadcast yesterday, you wouldn't have the resolution to tell whether he caught it or not, whether the foot was in bounce. But to me, but- it looked like it was out slightly, but I don't think you could have overturned it because it wasn't 100 percent.
1: But how can we be a multi-billion-dollar industry and not have all pylon cameras or or down-the-line cameras at every single game? How can't we have that? I it's, mean, I mean, I'm not, I, and I'm not, I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure it hit the tough. I'm not sure it did.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough. I'm not it, sure it, it did. Break. Yeah, it was, it was a tough break for the Patriots, but they. I mean, the
1: kid made a great play. The yeah. kid made a great catch. You know, he he made a great catch and Carr. Carr, who was not very good, made a great throw. I mean, you know, that interception Carr throws to Duger, oh my God. That's horrific. That changed the game, fam. Yeah. I mean, just think You know about what it. killed me about the game? Uh huh. You know, I, I'm in this contest with Russo on, on Friday afternoons, Uh-oh. right? Uh
0: oh. did And, did he pick one and of these? so,
1: of course, he takes the Raiders just to kind of irritate the shit out of me, right? Because <laughs> he knows now I have to root for him, right?
0: <laughs> He's and so. Hurts.
1: And so, and, 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 and so now I go one and two. I don't get a cover from Buffalo or at least a push, right, because they don't score at the end of the game. I lose that one. And then Philadelphia gives up a cheap touchdown to your boy Fields at the end of the game. They don't cover a guy, and I lose that one. So I'm one and two on his picks. Uh-huh. I was two and one on my Uvesen picks, but I'm, two, I'm one and two. And then he turns around and, and gets that. It's like, you know, like seriously. So a part of me is like, oh, I'm in this competition with them. But I'm rooting for the. I have to, He forces me to root for him.
0: <laughs> it's, all, it's all mind games, uh, Michael. Let's continue. It cause, is because yesterday was absolutely crazy. We got to move on to some of these other games here. Jacksonville. We saw them come from behind to beat the <sighs> Dallas Cowboys down 27 to 10 at one point. They win the game 40 to 34 in overtime. A wild game. Unfortunately, I watched every single bit of it. Being a Cowboys okay, fan, good. but man, this was uh, this was uh, not good. Since you
1: watched every single play of this, I want to ask you one question. Uh-huh. Did you ever feel like, forget the score? Yep. Did you ever feel like? Because I watched it again this morning. Did you ever feel like that Dallas was in control
0: of the game? I did until about midway through the third quarter. I, I thought that, uh, I, I, I never I thought, felt like, they, never were felt like they were in control of the game because I thought they no. Were, I they never. Were I felt
1: like Jacksonville so was going to move the ball. I felt like Jackson was going to move the ball. I felt like Jacksonville was going to – all they needed was a couple stops. You know, the fumble by ATN early in the game kind of helped them, but I never felt like that That Lawrence was really not in getting a rhythm. I mm-hmm. never felt like they had their scheme nailed down. I felt like the longer the game went, the heat was going to bother Dallas and it was going to wear down whatever pass rush they had. I, I never felt like – see, to me, that was – everybody says they're up 24 to 10. Like – that's the difference is, to me, you've got to evaluate who's in control and who's in the lead. Sometimes it's both, but I never felt like that That Dallas was in control of the game. I think they were in the lead, but they were never in control.
0: See, I thought the Cowboys could have leaned on that run game because we know Jacksonville struggles to defend the run, and once they got up 27-10, to 10, I was like, okay, now you can lean on Pollard, you can lean on Zeke, and you can just kind of salt the game away and go about it that way. But for some reason, then the interception happens, then – once that happened, then everything just started to snowball. And like you said, Lawrence, he definitely got hot in the second half. And we've talked about him being an ascending quarterback. We saw him play maybe his best game of his career yesterday. And once it got to the fourth quarter, that's when I was like, all right, this is, this is up for grabs and it's going to be a coin flip. Hopefully they can win this game. But even with them from your vantage point thinking that they were not in control, it's still a game that Dallas should have won. Wouldn't you agree with that?
1: No, they should have. I mean, look, they turned it over in overtime. I mean, they get the game in overtime, and they have a chance to get off the field, too. I mean, I think you got to be concerned if you're a Dallas Cowboy guy. I mean, as mm-hmm. you are. I mean, they've given, they gave up 503 yards in that game. Yeah, They gave up 503 yards in the game. I mean, and, and I would say, and last week, Jacksonville struggled. I mean, two weeks ago, or when, it, when was it, against Detroit, Jacksonville mm-hmm. struggled to move the ball in the second half, right? And so they gave up 503, 311 passing. 192 on the ground to Jacksonville. Think about that. They gave up 192 on the ground to Jacksonville, right? They gave up 207 on the ground to Green Bay. That was what? Week 10 of the season? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be worried about this team in the sense that they have forced. Think about this. That Colt game's misleading. It's 54 to 19, but we know that fourth quarter was yeah. a close game, yeah, that was right? Close. That was a cl- and then last week the Houston game was if Lovey challenges the 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 if Lovey challenges it right maybe that's a touchdown he didn't they came out with that game and then this game you know i mean and so the last two weeks their offense has turned the ball over five times and their defense has created five turnovers and that's the difference i mean and they could have easily they could easily be one and two over the last three
0: weeks They're definitely trending in the wrong direction here in this game, and I I thought it was just kind of a systemic issue. I mean, Dak made the the turnover early on in that second half, and that, that kind of snowballed some things. Then also defensively, when they were able to get that fumble on Lawrence, you figured they would close the game out and say, okay, run the ball or at least make Jacksonville use all of their timeouts. That third down call, electing to throw the ball deep down the field to Noah Brown, I don't understand what the point of that was. It's a, a high-leverage situation. Wouldn't you, if you want to throw the ball, wouldn't you want an easier completion? Why are you going all the way down the field to try to complete a 50-50 ball at best? That, to me, made zero sense. You stop the clock. Jacksonville keeps their time out. And now they have the ability to get into field goal range after handing you the football game. I, I, it, so, you it, know, look- it made no sense to me. I mean, I, I, look, the, Look, game management
1: is at an all-time low in the, in the National Football League. I mean, you could go back to the end of the first half in this game and you saw two coaches that have really no idea how to manage the end of the half. I mean, Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville used a timeout. I mean, it was horrendous. They're throwing – I mean, your boy Kellen Moore's over there calling pass plays like it's nobody's business even with no regard – you know, to, to just get in this game. Now they got out of it. They came through the half without it. But, I mean, it's 21-7, to 7, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Jacksonville gets the ball back with 155 to go in the half, right? And Dallas has all their timeouts. Dallas has three timeouts. So, you're going to start this drive. You're down 21-7. You don't to want them to get the ball back because you know you're going to get the ball to start the half. And, of course, they come out incomplete. Then they get a penalty, a false start. Then they got second and 15. So now let's get the clock going a little bit. Well, they get it going a little bit, they run it, but then they play fast, right? They go real fast and they go third and nine incomplete pass. So here it is 143 to go. You've taken 12 seconds off the clock, right? And you give them the ball back. You give them the ball back with 131 to go at the end of the half, okay? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching this and I'm like, uh, does anybody does is anybody paying attention here? So then, of course, Dallas. What does your boy Moore do? He can't wait to call a fucking pass play. Yeah. You know, he can't wait to call one, right? And of course, the back goes out of bounds, so that stops the clock. So now we got first and we got a 125 to go on the clock. They go a short pass. Okay, then, of course they run and huddle it and, and they do it. Another pass for six yards puts them in a third and one, right? Jacksonville calls timeout. You got to You want to get this first down because they just call timeout. They're going to get the ball back with. Of course, they run it. The Jacksonville calls their second timeout. They don't get the first down. Now Jacksonville gets the ball back with 41 seconds left to go. And they, they can't do anything with it, but there was a chance there. I mean, it, if they didn't get the ball at the 14, say it was a bad punt. And so, like, at the end of the game, why are you surprised that Dallas doesn't manage to clock very well? It was right there at the end of the first half.
0: It, it, I guess I expected too much from them, but this this team, like you mentioned, it hasn't been good over the last three weeks, and now the injuries are starting to pile up. Leighton Vanderesh is now hurt with a neck injury. That's going to be uh, that's a, bad a, a, an issue for them. Then also, I mean, Dorrance Armstrong got hurt a little bit, but I think he was able to come back in. But it feels like every week now they're just losing more and more defenders. The secondary – Kelvin Joseph, they were picking on him all game long. That was one that the Jags were able to find a lot of success targeting Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. So I think that Dallas, what was once their fastball being their defense and being able to play fast and physical, no. is now it's, it's no longer their fastball to where it's putting more onus on this offense. And I think the offense is losing the plot here as well of, okay, let's then, we need to throw the ball, we need to air it out. It's like your two best guys on offense are Zeke and Pollard. You need to lean on those guys to shorten the game and to help protect the defense that is reeling a little bit. You need to go back to what you did when you had, when you had uh, Rush in there, right? Because
1: here's what I, I don't think anybody really understands this. D- Dallas's uh, defense is 22nd in the National Football League in yards per attempt allowed. They're 24th in yards allowed. I mean, they can't stop the run, right? They struggle to stop the run. Now, what they're great at doing is creating turnovers. But they're going to play Philadelphia. I'm shocked they're a point-and-a-half favorite in this game, Femi.
0: I'm completely yeah. shocked by that. I, I think that's the betting market has loved Dallas quite a bit this season, and also you factor in home field advantage. That's why you're going to get Dallas favored. But, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking Dallas right now. now I wouldn't, I'm not saying I would bet Philly, but I'm, I wouldn't feel comfortable betting that game just in general. Like, i, I, I got to see more from the Cowboys. and think that they can beat a team of the Eagles caliber. We said this all along
1: on this podcast. They have to play with Dak like they did with Cooper Rush. Feature the run, limit the turnovers, but look, in the last four weeks, in the last four weeks, this offense has turned the ball over eight times. Eight times. Now, they're 3-1 and one in those four weeks, but they've got eight turnovers, right? Mm-hmm. The only game, The only game since Dak's been back that they didn't turn the ball over, that they didn't turn it over, was the Minnesota game. I mean, to me, they're not playing complementary football, and their defense isn't good enough. Like, I think they're overvalued in the market. I really do.
0: You might be right. The Cowboys are now 30-1 and one with Dak Prescott when they have a 17-point lead in a game, this one loss being what we saw yesterday. And also, it's the first NFL game, Michael, to end on a pick six since Jameis Winston threw a pick six in the Week 17 game in 2019. So uh, it's not good for this Dallas Cowboys team as they fall, and uh, – Unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, for the Cowboys, they were able to clinch a playoff spot yesterday, not on their own verition, because the Commanders went ahead and lost to the New York Giants. Sunday night football, the Giants beat the Commanders 20-12. to 12. A little controversial toward the end there. Everyone's talking about the illegal formation when Terry McLaurin checked to see if he was on the line of scrimmage. Then also the final play, the no-call on the pass interference that we saw uh, Ron Rivera was asked about the whole game in its entirety afterwards. Here's what he had to say, and then we'll break it down on the other side.
1: Ron, all week talking about how big this game was for you guys, can you describe the magnitude of this loss? Oh, yeah, now? it's disappointing as hell. It really is. It pisses me off more than anything. We had an opportunity to win, and, and you know, I, I thought we did everything you're supposed to do from getting the ball down to the, to the one-yard line to, to getting lined up Checking to make sure we're lined up properly and then having it taken away from us that's that, that's why it's it's hard to 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 comprehend right now
0: do the commanders have a right to be upset Michael with uh the final sequence i there? mean
1: I mean look you know the problem is depending on what stadium you're in, if Scott Novak would have been on the coach referee in that game, that would have been a penalty. I could promise you that he couldn't wait to throw his fucking flag out there. <laughs> You know, he's, he's I mean, it just depends on who's doing the game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the the, the the commanders will get a letter from the league saying it should have been pass interference, but that, you know, that don't do you any good. Mm-mm. You know, and and look, even if they call it and they get first and go with the one and they score, are they going to get the two-point play to get it to overtime? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I got that thought one of the most, and, and, and I, I screwed up. I took Buffalo first in my Russo poll mm-hmm. because I felt like, with weather, I miscalculated the weather. That was horrendous on my part. But I thought weather, I wanted to grab that with the game. I, I, loves, I love the Giants this week. I love the Giants this week. It was one of my – well, I loved them. Like, I didn't understand why that line was four and a half. He took them first. I, I screwed up in my mathematics. He took them first. But I loved it. Like, I didn't understand how the commanders were four and a half points favorite better than anybody. I mean, you go through their, you go through their season. Who do they ever beat by a lot? Right? Nobody. You know? Nobody. They're not – I mean, T- Taylor Heineke, you know, he, he's an average player. We've made him out to be this, like, they're 28th in the league on third down. They're 22nd in the red zone. Like, I know they should have – I mean, I know it was a penalty, but, like, I thought, I thought the Giants played exactly how they have to play in the game. They gave you a lot of run yards. They didn't give up an explosive – I mean, they gave up one explosive play. But, I mean, for the most part, the Giants played exactly how they have to play. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't make the mistakes that they typically. They didn't, you know. And they, at the end of the day, they end up with a win. They give up six point one yards per play. Think about that. I mean, my man Daniel Jones throws thirty-two attempts. He's got one hundred and sixty yards. <laughs> Did what they had to his do. His leading win. receiver, his two leading receivers. Think about this, Femi. His leading receivers, Barkley at six point six. His second leading receiver, Slayton at four point six. And they win the game because this goes back to how not to lose games. Of course, mm-hmm. Washington, you know, Ron didn't mention they turned it over twice in the game. One for a touchdown. I mean, if the left tackle, if they help the left tackle out against Thibodeau and he doesn't get the sack fumble, you know, what's the score? The score's what? 13-12? twelve?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the, the commanders definitely uh, made a couple of mistakes. The the pool reporters asked John Hussey, the lead official from last night's game, about the Curtis Samuel play there toward the end. Uh, that was a no-call in the pass interference, and Hussey said, quote, to the officials, it didn't rise to what they felt was a restriction. Thus, they didn't call it.
1: What quote. was he going to say? It was, yeah? He's going to say, oh, fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> Can we do it again? I mean, seriously. What is? I love when they ask him that. What is he gonna say? It's like if we brought Earl Warren back. What do you think he's gonna say? Oh, absolutely. Lee Lee, Lee acted alone. Of course he did. You know, let's bring Alan Dulles back and ask him. Oh, of course. This is infutable. Like, come on. I mean, what what do we expect him to say? You know. I mean, fault. it's no. I mean, the Giants win the game for one reason and one reason only: is the way the Giants have won games all year. You can move the ball on the Giants defense, but when you get in the red zone, you're one for three, like the Washington commanders were, and they're 0 for one and goal to go. So that's why you end up with twelve points. <laughs> uh it was a big thing. I mean, time think about it. I mean they time. got called they got called. How about the pick play they got called on? Yeah. On the two point conversion, they get called on that pick play? Like and 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 who's the guy on NBC? Terry McLaurin? Yeah, I uh, forget ter- who the hell uh, ter- he is. Terry I mean, McCauley. Yeah. McCauley. Terry McAuley, yeah. I mean, well, that you know, he. The, I mean, Collinsworth even said it. Like, like, Terry, the guy was trying to run around and the guy in the corner, just like like that happens on every play, and you call that? Like, I, I mean, you can't tell. I
0: mean, pass interference is different on what stadium you're in, what crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need you Novak know, out there. Um, but, yeah, this, this Commanders team, they had been living right for about a month, so I'm sure this is probably the, the football gods balancing things out because we saw another Taylor Heineke interception that should have been get dropped when it was right in the like, dude's hands right in the end zone. So uh, I mean,
1: they can't. I, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know it's a nice story and all, but Tanner Heineke's not good enough to win. I mean, yeah, if he good. gets in the playoff, he, I, you just feel like the field is shrunk when he plays. Like, yeah. there's no way they can make an explosive play, and that offensive line
0: is a disaster. He's I not. mean, that line is horrible. He's not good. And hopefully, hopefully we don't have to discuss them, honestly, because I, I'd rather the Giants get into the playoffs than the Commanders. But, Michael, let's take our first break. we got to get to a lot more here on this week's edition of the GM Shuffle. 168 hours after issuance dkngcom slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources all right michael we got to get to what happened on saturday with jeff saturday in the indianapolis colts my goodness we saw the largest comeback in NFL history the league has been around over 100 years Michael we've never seen a comeback quite like what we saw Saturday the Colts were up 33 nothing at halftime they end up losing the game 39 36 in overtime but you put out a tweet and this was about midway through the game I think it was around that halftime portion that you said simply the Colts are 12 first downs from winning milk the clock don't snap it until one second left on the play clock they didn't listen man
1: No, they were snapping it with 18 to 20 seconds left. I mean, I I said this. If you could have taken, you could have flown Bill Parcells in at halftime from Jupiter, Florida. Got his butt on an airplane, put him in, let him go out there, put on coat gear, let him coach the team. And if he takes it, say Saturday, you go work for ESPN the second half. Okay, you just go work for ESPN, and I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take it over, and they would have won the game. They would have won the game. But you know, like the, I don't understand it. Like, why are we snapping the ball with 18 seconds? When we do that, I mean, if you do it three times, th- there's another minute, and there's another minute in the game. There's another minute in the game. We're just giving them more times to get it back. You know, so it was like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? So, just for the record, just for the record, Femi, they had, they ended up with, they ended up with six first downs in the second half. Oh. Six. And a fumble. And a fumble. I mean, the amazing thing about this comeback is it wasn't like the defense scored. I mean, let, let's face it here now. The, the, offic- the defense did score. The officials just didn't let them score. Twice. I mean, not only did the Vikings have to overcome a goddamn – overcome a, uh, you know, they had to overcome Trey Blake. I mean, they had to overcome the, the deficit that they created themselves, and they had to overcome Trey Blake's whistle.
0: It, it, it was just out of control. And I'm watching the game on Saturday, and you can you, you feel, that, okay, the Vikings look like they're kind of dead. Maybe it's a sleepy spot. Who knows what's going on? Uh, and then the second half starts to play out, and Jefferson's getting whatever he wants. Osborne's getting whatever he wants. And it's like, oh, there might be something here. And, and I didn't get involved with the game because I didn't want any part on either side. But you just felt that something – that it wasn't going to be easy for Indianapolis once you saw the Colts' offense – Couldn't do a lick of anything in that second half. Jeff Saturday was asked about the second half collapse and heading into overtime as well. Here's what he had to say after the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I played a lot of football, so I've been a part of some some uh, some crazy games myself. So yeah, I mean, you can when we listen when we walked out of halftime, I told them this, you know, this team they've won nine of ten of their games have been one score games. Yeah, there was no we didn't overlook. We understood how explosive this offense is, how many points they put up. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, I'm not. Um, you know, I'm disappointed in how we played in the second half and didn't didn't find a way to close this thing out. But uh, ultimately, you know, I told the guys in there we didn't make enough plays, and that goes around the entire football team. And uh, you got to look yourself in the mirror and understand when there's opportunities to make and close teams like that out. We got to make them. We didn't make them. <laughs> I, I mean, look, it's no, you know. It's always the players, right? The players didn't make enough plays. Play. Like, I heard that quote. I watched that after the game, Femi, and I'm like, wait a minute, Jeff. Like, see, this is, the, this is my hardest part about watching football games is, is like, do you understand, like, how you got in this lead? Like, you weren't making any plays to get the lead. Mm-hmm. You, you get a field goal on 11-play yeah, yeah. drive to start the game. Okay, great. You get a fumble. You get a punt block for a touchdown. Okay, now you're up 10, Right. Then you get the ball on a fumble. You, won't, you, know, you get the ball on a fumble. You get another touchdown. You get, now you kick two field goals because they go for it on fourth down. You essentially get 20 points because you didn't make a play. If you were making any plays in the game, you would have been up by 40 at halftime. The, I mean, the Vikings were just saying, here, please take it. Here, have it. Like At some point, like, it's not the players making plays. It's how you manage the game. Like at some point you just can't say we gotta go out there. They're our explosive team. Like, okay, you go to your offensive coordinator. Here's what we're doing in the second half. I don't want to snap this son of a bitch until there's three seconds on the play clock. I, we gotta make sure we got a lot of good third down calls that we can run because I, I don't mind being in third down. I wanna use three downs to get I wanna get first downs, but I, I wanna run this clock. It's funny on Monday on Friday morning I wrote a column for VCN.com and I talked about Parcells in the second quarter when he had Lawrence Taylor. He'd get a 10-point lead. He'd, t- he'd, tell the, he'd tell the fucking offensive staff, Ron, Harrah, Ron, milk it. Milk it, Ron. Because <laughs> he knew he had Lawrence Taylor. He knew there's no way they're going to score 10 points. Belichick's going to play cover, two. There's going to be no big plays. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, nobody's going to be over the top of us, and we're going to make them work the ball down the field. How are they going to get the ball in the end zone against Lawrence Taylor? It's the same thing here. Like Go over to your defense coordinator. Instead of playing Palms, which they were playing most of the freaking game... Like, go over there and say, hey, Gus, just play Tampa, play two. Let's make sure nothing gets thrown over our head. We're going to come up. We'll tackle really good. Let's rush four. Let's see if they can methodically put ten, pl- ten plays together. No big plays. Like, you don't have to be a genius. And then when we get the ball on offense, we are, going to, we are going to milk this
0: clock. It almost felt like to me like the Vikings were just playing around with these guys. Like, all right, we're better than these dudes. Let, let, let's put this video game on expert level and get down 33 and see if we can still win the game. And they were able to win the game. And it's just funny enough because Jeff Saturday, we all know, is the interim head coach who replaced one Frank Reich. Frank Reich had the previous largest come from behind win with the Buffalo Bills against the Houston Oilers in 1992. And shout out to one of our Twitter followers, I believe it's Chris Salomon or Salomon, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He tweeted at us saying, is this the ghost of Frank Reich game? <laughs> with yeah, Indianapolis losing I mean- and giving up that big of, of, of a lead. I mean, I don't know how he comes back, right? I
1: mean, he just auditioned here in the second half. I've been involved in a lot of football games. No, you haven't. You've never been in this situation where you've had a 33. to Like, nobody's in that. You're the head coach now. Like, that's why to become a grandmaster chess player, you have to go through a lot of chess games to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you can't just play. Like, he keeps citing his experience as a player, which is going to tr- allow this. Like, you have to coach the coaches, That's the most frustrating thing about New England. The best coach I've ever been around used to coach the coaches, and now they're making mistakes. That's how hard it is. Like, that's how hard it is to coach the coaches. Like, he can't get it done. How is Saturday in the park going to get it done? Like, it's a joke. And here's what I will tell you, Femi. I don't know what Jim Irsay has, but he will never gain alignment in his organization. He will never gain alignment if he doesn't remove Saturday from the equation. Because whomever he hires as his next head coach, and I'm assuming it's going to be Saturday, no, they're always going to have the ghost of Saturday hanging over him because, hey, Jim, I wouldn't have done that. Hey, Jim, I wouldn't have done that. Jim, I don't like that. I'm watching tape. I don't think we're doing it. Like, that's not alignment.
0: Yeah, no, he can't hire Jeff Saturday. That's just, that's just not a thing that can happen. Watch him watch him I mean if he does Hey these guys gracious. are billionaires. These guys it's like you know it's like when you have this
1: incredible wealth does it really matter what you do? I mean the Saudis prove that. I mean it don't matter. They got so much wealth they don't care. I guess. They don't care? Well, you can write all the columns you want. He he loves the guy and the guy thinks he's really good at it. That's the hardest part. Like to me yeah. if I were Jeff Saturday, I would be calling Bill Parcells every hour. Say Bill help me out here. Help me out. Probably and he probably would. I would be calling Joe Gibbs, I'd be calling every coach
0: (laughs) over the last four fourth quarters. Michael, the Colts have been outscored 77 to 3 in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know what else Jim Irsay needs to see there to realize he doesn't happen. It's, uh, it's a disaster. Also, unfortunately, unfortunately for Matt Ryan, he's now the common denominator in the losing end of two of the greatest comebacks we've ever seen. Obviously, the twenty-eight to three Super Bowl with the New England Patriots, and now this game thirty-three nothing against the Minnesota Vikings. And this game did. Clinch the NFC North for said Minnesota Vikings. Another win, another one-score victory here for Minnesota as they're now. 10. I'll tell you
1: what. If Kevin O'Connell ever goes out to La- I said this on Mitch and Paulie this morning. If Kevin O'Connell ever goes out to Las Vegas, they won't let him in any casino. He's the luckiest fucking bastard on planet Earth. Like there's no chance he could get in a casino. Like Derek Stevens would not let him in circuit. Like there's no way we're letting that guy in here. He's too fucking lucky. Like he's the l- hey. I give him all the credit in the world. They fought. They played. Mm-hmm. You know. There's a lot of luck that had to go into that. I mean, he is so lucky. It's unbelievable. Now it's gonna run out eventually, but it's yeah. not run out so far.
0: Yeah, the guy's got a horseshoe up his ass or something, man. <laughs> no, like, he's got three of them up there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But if he comes to Las Vegas, hey man, come play with me, man. I'd love to ride the coattails and, and make a little extra money with that luck that he's carrying. But uh that game was crazy, Michael. Then we also saw a fantastic game, it wasn't as wild. But I think it was a much better played game in Buffalo between the Dolphins and the Bills. I know you were. Uh, you, were you, you, had you had your jersey on. You were wondering if I had my had, jersey on. You were at on. that game. You were sitting <laughs> there in not, the cold. I, yeah, I, I was not one of the people throwing snowballs. Uh, you on You
1: love when Mark Sanchez. Every pass that was incomplete, Mark Sanchez said, "That should have been a catch. That should have been a catch." The ball was six yards behind a receiver. That should have been a catch. That should have been a catch. (laughs) I've never seen a campaign like this guy has. I swear to God. This is remarkable. (laughs) I'm I'm mad at myself. (laughs) I'm mad at myself because when you, you know, you gotta be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. I I mishandicapped this game. And it cost me a it cost me a play in Russo. I mishandicapped it because I was expecting bad weather, Femi. I was Mm -hmm. expecting the fourth quarter. To be like it to be the whole game, you know. And there was there was no wind. There was literally no wind. How is that possible when there's going to be lake effect snow and there's no wind? Like I'm not blaming anybody but myself because I'm the one who said it. I thought that to me, the people that were taking Miami and the seven, mm-hmm. you being one of them because you're a Tua fan, I wasn't- were, were taking it because they felt the game was going to be close because of the weather. I took it because I thought the weather would help Buffalo.
0: You know, it's funny that you bring that up, though, because I know everybody thinks I have a two-a ticket. When there was reports that were you know. coming out, <laughs> the reports were coming out Saturday morning. And I saw Chris Mortensen put a tweet out saying that, hey, hearing from people that are at Orchard Park, it's not as windy as people think it is. It's just a little chilly. The snow maybe comes later on in the evening, possibly in the second half or fourth quarter. When he put that tweet out, I actually bet on Josh Allen to win MVP at 24 to 1 because I figured, all right, there's no wind. Allen is going to have a really good day against this Miami Dolphins defense, and it was a primetime game. Everybody was going to be watching it. This could kind of start to build a late-season MVP campaign for Josh Allen, and he was awesome, 304 yards, four TDs, had a couple of weird plays where he got away with some things, but he also carried the game on the ground with 77 yards as well in the 32-29 win.
1: I mean, look, I, I thought that they lost the ability to cover for me when they when they went when they had four punts in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. When they went four punts in the third quarter, they went three plays, five plays, three plays, five plays, and they punted. To me, they, they should have taken the game over at that point. Yeah. Because, you know, they won the fourth quarter. I mean, his fourth quarter was thirteen plays, three first downs and a field goal. That's all he had. They couldn't do it. And that that fourth quarter was kind of what I thought the game was going to be like, right? And Buffalo's fourth quarter was, was basically 23 plays, nine first downs, and 10 points. And they fumbled once. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they fumbled, you know? And so when Buffalo got that – when Miami got that fumble, they, they only went 18 yards in five plays to kick the field goal. So, I, I, I mean, look, I, I thought in terms of the weather, I thought Tua played as good as he could play, mm-hmm. but the ball wasn't slippery, which I was counting on. I thought it was going to be a wet, heavy ball. They threw it, but once it got bad, you know, I mean, Miami just can't, just couldn't really stop them. I mean, other than the third quarter, Miami couldn't stop them. Think about it. The, they went punt, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They had three touchdowns in the first half, and then they got the third quarter where they went punts, and then in the fourth, fourth quarter they went back to moving the ball again.
0: What did you make of Mike McDaniel and his play calling? Because the Bills couldn't stop Miami on the ground, but for some reason, third and short, he kept wanting to throw the football. And, and it kind of goes along I mean, with look, what you were saying last week in the Chargers game. That, like, What is this guy doing from a play-calling standpoint? You know, and so like in the first half of the game, he had 14 rushing attempts for
1: 126 yards, right? That was the first half of the game. He had 14 rushing attempts. And so he rushed, and in the second half, he ran it, basically he ran it 10 times. Two had one carry for seven yards, so that was a scramble. Mm-hmm. He only ran it 10 times. Now, Buffalo's playing a nickel front. Mm-hmm. So, and they're soft on the, and they're light on the edges. And it wasn't about gap integrity. It was like, if you're going to play Buffalo, you've got to run the ball. They're playing a nickel front against you. Like they're never going to go into base defense. So you got to take advantage of the run. And they were doing a shitty job of tackling, you know? And I just think they become so preoccupied with trying to sell, you know, their passing game. And look, they made a hell of a play. The 67-yarder on the over route, they caught him in the, you know, they didn't cut the coverage. You know, but look, they did a great job. Tyreek Hill averaged 7-7 a catch. He had 13 targets. He had 7-7. I mean, so it wasn't like, you know, like they – that's the game plan. They took Tyreek Hill out of the game, and, you know, they were able to hang on. And he still gave up 29 points, but they should have ran it way more, Femi. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. You look at the box score, 7.5 yards per rush, and you only ran it 25 times in a game that for much of that second half, they were in the lead. I don't understand what Mike McDaniel was doing, um, but it helped out for Josh Allen to win that game. Helps me out. Hopefully, Josh Allen can maybe make a late season push to win MVP because that's the ticket I actually have, Michael. It's not the not the Tua ticket that you yeah. guys keep pinning on me. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't you have, got it. We don't, we don't have that one. Although, he did play better than I expected in those conditions. All right, let's take another break. He did break. play better. He did. Yeah, he did. But
1: I don't think the conditions were that bad. It was just cold. Yeah. But everybody said he could Remember, have played is- either. I mean, it wasn't well, just but about Tua the has wind a and size. Snow. I mean, two out as size 10. I mean, his hand's big. He can have grip of the football. I was worried about him with the snow and the rain and the slipperiness. I mean, there were some bad throws there. That sh- There were a couple. Of, I mean, the, how yeah. about the play that gets Buffalo the ball back? That's almost intercepted out there in the flat,
0: fam. Yeah, I do know. Yeah, Terran Johnson made a pretty nice break on that ball there. Um, but Tua, he threw a couple of nice passes. The, the TD pass to Tyreek Hill, I thought that was a nice pass. Uh, let's take our. That's uh, a lob pass.
1: I mean, you could you could throw that in your backyard. Jesus Christ, it's a it's a damn. Always gonna not, do. Not You just that can't snow, underthrow
0: Michael. it. <laughs> I oh, can throw it in that God. snow. <laughs> gotta you, give you the guys. You and credit. Mark Sanchez. You and Mark Sanchez should get together campaigning. I, I enjoyed Sanchez on the broadcast. I thought I thought he was having a good time. <laughs>
1: Let's take another. He break. never explained to you why they were able to run the ball. He didn't explain. He nobody ever explains what front they're in. Nobody ever explains what the the personnel groupings are matching into the person. That's the game of football. Like nobody ever explains that. Like that's the game of football. Like they're in nickel, we're in. They're, they're in. Here's where. there's why they're running it. Football's a game of numbers, and it's a mm-hmm. game of size. And, and if you don't explain that, the fans do at home don't get it. why they're running the ball. Well, we got to have gap integrity. Bullshit. You got to. You got to. You got to get bigger on the edges. You're do whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I do agree with you there. That I don't think the game is explained as as well as it should be. But let's take another break, Michael. We'll get to the rest from Sunday, including my man Dan Campbell keeping the win streak alive. <laughs> Oof. All right, Michael, let's get to the rest of Sunday's slate here. The Detroit Lions once 1-6 on the season, now 7-7 seven and seven after they beat the New York Jets 20-17 to 17 out there in the Meadowlands. Boy, this Lions offensive line continues to make plays, and Detroit made the plays that they needed to do in the fourth quarter and ultimately won that game with Zach Wilson starting for the Jets.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, look, plus a little help from the head coach of the Jets. I mean, like, mm-hmm. one of the tenets of, of game management is when you, have, you save time – why do you save timeouts? You save timeouts for two reasons. To throw the ball in the middle of the field during two minutes and to, 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 to use if you get sacked, okay? Because when you get sacked, by the time those guys run back and get set up, you end up losing four plays again. I wish we would have a play counter on the screen to show us. How about my man Dominic? He goes to the game yesterday at the Raider game. You know right. he doesn't go to all of them, and he says to my man Corey, who's his my son's mixed college roommate. You know, and and they're out there, and he says to him, he says, I, "I don't see the yellow line." He's looking for that yellow line to be the first down, right? I love it. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the play count, right? Like, okay, so when when so Salai, you know, like for example, he doesn't use like when Zach Wilson gets sacked with you know Zach Wilson gets sacked on the first play of the drive, one forty nine to go, he gets sacked. You got to use a timeout there because he doesn't snap the ball again to one twenty eight. That's twenty one seconds. That's three plays you just gave away. Three plays. You got to use a timeout for three plays. You know, and so and then when he completes the pass with one twenty-two to go, he goes the deep pass on third and ten. It goes for twenty-two yards. He doesn't call timeout there. They don't snap that again until fifty-eight seconds. So between the twenty two seconds he between the, the, the twenty-one seconds he lost and then he loses and then he loses another twenty four seconds. There's forty-five seconds he gave away. Forty five seconds he gave away on a last-minute drive, 45 seconds. So subtract, if he would use just call timeout, all right, so maybe let's cut it to 30 seconds. So thirty six into 30, that's six plays he lost. See, we never think about plays. We just think about time. Mm -hmm. So he's giving away fucking plays like it's his job over there. Like but you know why why is anybody surprised? I mean they did it in the first half at the end of the first half. I'm watching the end of the first half and they and they and they can't manage the end of the first half. Now they end up with three points at the end of the first half cuz the Lions couldn't manage the end of the first half. Yeah. Right? The Lions end up the Lions come out and you know they run the ball for 16 yards at, with 143 then he throws incomplete incomplete and then he try, and then he throws a check down and the Jets get the ball back with 25 seconds and they They man it, they they throw the deep pass and they get three points at the end of the half. But the Jets, the Jets had it before that. The Jets had it with with they took it all the way down to the two minute warning, you know, and then of course they got sacked. They couldn't do anything with it at the end of the game. But my point is, is like you can't give away plays. You got to call timeout. What, What are you gonna do with them? Especially when you need them. You could spike the ball.
0: And we just saw this happen with the Colts Steelers game with Jeff Saturday taking all those timeouts and Robert Sala has two timeouts that just went un- unused for some reason. And he has to settle for the 58 yard field goal, which never should have been the situation. They should have been able to get well within field goal range to try to tie that game up. And and easily. It they,
1: they did it at the end of the first half. They threw a deep ball, right? Like, and, and the only reason he used his second timeout was because he had to, because Zach Wilson makes that ridiculous throw to Elijah Moore for 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Like, how about the interception Zach Wilson throws? How oh, bad God. was that? That was terrible. And then he almost threw another interception. He had the ball floating in the air there, and, 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 and the jet guy caught it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy because I actually thought this was one of Zach Wilson's better games all season. I was like, okay, he's actually – Well, I don't bats. know about that. I think there was – he had some better plays. He had some really shitty plays in this game. He, he took
1: some bad sacks. You know, I mean – But and think then, back and, to his other Detroit, games though. Oh, I know. But Detroit couldn't. Detroit stopped him from running the ball. I mean, if the Jets can't run the ball with Wilson in the game, he's going to turn it over.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and he's just – I mean, it's just a fact. I mean – He's just going to turn it. And I thought, I thought, you're right. When you started this segment, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Jets had 22 carries for 50 yards against the, the Lions. I thought the, 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 the reason Goff is playing so well is even when he, was, when he was in the Rams, that offensive line wasn't great. It was good. It wasn't great. This line is really good. This line really helps him.
0: Yeah, this this offensive line is really good. They were able to control the line of scrimmage. And it's why I was kind of confused yesterday morning looking at the odds board when we were getting closer to kickoff about an hour away. And the Jets kept getting bet. And and it didn't make any sense to me because this was after Quinnen Williams got ruled out. He was inactive. And he, in my opinion, is the Jets' best player. uh, What he's been able to do at defensive tackle spot. We knew that Zach Wilson plus Corey was in Davis for my wasn't wife. playing.
1: Corey Davis was Corey out. Corey Davis, and then Denzel Mims gets hurt in the game. Somebody, out I there mean, was I was all. That's
0: crazy, though.
1: I didn't understand it. I was I was on the Lions uh, on Russo. I was on the Lions all week. I thought the Lions were the better team, especially in light of the Williams injury. And then I, I was betting against Wilson too. Like I was going to bet against Wilson, and you know, but Salai sitting there saying, "I you know," like at some point. Here's the thing about Salai. He doesn't call offensive or defensive plays. He
0: mm-hmm. cheerleads. So if he's not going to manage the game, who is? It's a good question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good question. Uh, but it's a devastating loss for the New York Jets, though. They fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. They've now lost three straight. Short week for them, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up on you Thursday. You think Wilson starts this week? You think he starts against Jacksonville? I do. I think the owner makes him start. I think the owner says we got to see him play. I, think I don't.
1: Th- I don't think the owner's making him do anything. I, I mean, I think to me, the owner's got to want to win. I don't think White will clear it well enough to play. I think they'll put White back in there. You think White starts?
0: I. I, I mean, I think to me, I, this cuz he's going to turn the ball over again. Yeah. I, I mean, I. I don't. I don't disagree with that. But I think that just given the situation with Mike White's injuries and also. They still have to get an evaluation on Zach Wilson, unless they're comfortable with where they are with their Zach Wilson evaluation. I, no, they got to try to make the playoffs. Look,
1: they, they did a great job yesterday. The Detroit Lions are the best red zone team in football, and the Jets held mm-hmm. them to 0 for 3 in the red zone. I mean, that game's only close, really. The Jets are only in that game because of the red zone. They got a holding call. They got two holding calls on the right guard for the for the Lions the that was I wasn't BS. sure they were hold.
0: Yeah, it was,
1: I mean, that was bad. I mean, they were bad, but again, like, you know, that's the calls, but they played great in the red zone, and that's what kept them in the game. Except for the fourth and the fourth and one, where they, you know, they gave up the big play.
0: It's gonna be an interesting game on Thursday. But Michael, let's go rapid fire with the rest of these games here. The Chiefs they escape past the Texans, thirty to twenty four in overtime, fourteen point that's favorites. Amazing. They need OT to beat Houston. Uh, what do you make of this Chiefs team? Like, like not quite like the Cowboys because they, they were still played to their win, competition.
1: But, but yeah, they're just yeah, not. I, I thought good, they man. would cover that easily. I thought they would cover easily, and they play to their they 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 play to the lower the competition, you know. And it takes a turnover by Mills for them to win the game. I mean, I I mean I I, I don't get it. I I to me the Chiefs to give up third twenty four points to Houston, it, you know. There's liability. I didn't think Buffalo played their best game either. Mm. I didn't think they played their best game either.
0: Yeah, well, at least Buffalo was playing against a team that could walk and chew gum. I mean, Houston's one win all season. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what Kansas yeah. City's doing. But we said it last week, Mahomes is going to have to be A-plus in the playoffs for this team to continue to advance. Can he do that three times? I guess we'll find out in January. Uh, Chargers beat the Tennessee Titans 17-14. What more could you say about Justin Herbert? The throw he made to Mike Williams on that final drive down the sideline? Just absolutely ridiculous. It set up the game-winning field goal there.
1: Yeah, I mean Tannehill comes back. I thought he was out for the year. They carted his ass off. He mm-hmm. came back and to make that drive at the end of the game and 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 look, Herbert's tremendous. I mean, it was it was a. I I actually thought Tennessee would cover. It was three and a half most of the week. It closed. It went down to two and a half. But uh, you know, Tennessee's got to regroup because right now Jacksonville. I mean, the way this thing's going. I mean, cool. I I did it here. I, I was looking at it this morning on my in my notes here. Jacksonville's got. Uh, Jacksonville has they they got the Jets Jets this
0: week and then they have Houston they got the
1: Jets this week and then they go to Houston and then Mm -hmm. they end up with Tennessee and whereas Tennessee has Houston they have Dallas so and then you know Jacksonville already beat them once so you know Jacksonville's
0: got a they really have a chance even if they don't beat the Jets this week they have a chance yeah that game week 18, that could be the Sunday night football game. Maybe it might be for the division down there in Duval County. Titans oh, yeah. and the Jaguars. That would be a lot of fun to see Trevor Lawrence in a game of that magnitude. We haven't seen that since his college days. Uh, the Bengals, they turned the Bucks over five times on five consecutive possessions, beating Tampa 34-23. I was the idiot that took Tampa plus three and a half, up 17-3 at halftime. I think I'm good. Apparently, I wasn't good because uh, this was a rout. In the final 30 minutes.
1: I, I never understood the Bucks love all week. I said it on the show. I gave out the Bengals as one of my picks for Bill AD. I, I, I didn't get it. Like one team's playing really good and the other team sucks. And yet you're going to bet the team that sucks.
0: But do you think like since it makes he was, no sense at all? Do you think since he was good yesterday? Because I don't.
1: I thought they were really good in the second half. I thought they kicked the shit out of him in the second half. I thought they just physically beat the shit out of him. I mean, you can't get Brady to make that many mistakes in a game. I mean, they just literally, but that's the Bengals all season. They play better in the second half. Lou Amaromo does a great job of the adjustments, mm-hmm. and it's hard to score on him in the second half. They literally beat him up. I mean, Brady was four for 12 on third down. I don't think they played well on offense. I mean, the Bengals only had 237
0: yards of offense. They we had well, average like 3.9 per play or 3.3 per play on offense. I, I, I don't think the scores suggest what this game truly was. Like the Bengals were never gonna score thirty four points unless it was assisted by Tampa. But hey, they got five assists with those five turnovers. So I guess what can you do?
1: And they got the fake punt. They got that yeah. was a turnover too.
0: Yeah. It was a disastrous second half for Tampa, who somehow still has a one-game lead in the NFC South. I mean, good goodness gracious, that division. Also, oh, they
1: shouldn't let anybody <laughs> in from the South. <laughs> they should not. I hope they let Carolina in for Matthew's sake, but that's the only reason. Yeah,
0: that'll be a big game coming up in a couple weeks here. Brady, though, was 89-0 and when leading by 17 points before Sunday. That is now 89-1. and Finally, the Eagles and the Bears, Philadelphia, eh, got a little hairy there for a second. They win the game against Chicago 25-20. Me. Uh, As they held, I got backdoor covered. Yeah, you did get. I got back. I got backdoor covered in that one. I thought for sure they would score.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Buffalo doesn't score the touchdown, they settle for the field goal, and the Eagles kneel down, and I lose. So that's
0: what happens when you lay points. But
1: to me, the Eagles played
0: shitty and still won. I think that was the story. Hertz had two interceptions, but he also had three rushing touchdowns in that game. Philadelphia able to win when they play poorly. It's a pretty good sign of a good team. Thirteen yeah, and your one. boy
1: had ninety one yards passing. I mean, no big deal. He had ninety one yards passing. I mean, that's fine. It's hey, okay. He, I, he, I read he's a got tweet. A, he's got a Somebody sent me a tweet.
0: Line.
1: <laughs> Somebody sent me a tweet. I love this t- tweet from your guy at the Worldwide Leader. I think oh, no. you two are you you two are constriving against this, right? That that, that that if you just give you know all the fields needs here this here I got to read it to you <laughs> I think I saw this earlier <laughs> and I thought of you did you see this is from this is from Big Dan or Orlasowski. I mean th- he has some of the pit like he he you two are brothers at arms he loves Tua. <laughs> he doesn't think Tua could do anything wrong right <laughs> if Ryan Poles is any good as a GM seems that he is the Bears can be Super Bowl contenders by 24 and then sports source analytics basically just sticks it right up his ass by showing you what Fields does in the passing game right below it. It was the greatest. I mean, like, Dan, are you watching the game? Like, oh, you played quarterback. Like, if the guy can't throw the ball, how's he going to be – how's he leading the team? To, they're running a six-back offense, and he's going to get hurt. He got hurt again yesterday. Like, at some point, what do you – like, stop it. You know, like, stop. You don't have to be friends with everybody. Like, just, like, evaluate it. Like, he's a six-back. Is he going to get better? Hopefully
0: he will, but if he better. don't throw the ball well. I think he'll get better. They're, they're doing what they can right now to stay competitive in these games because the ultimate thing right now is to try to win games, and uh, for them they just don't have the talent to go ahead and do that. But I think he's going to continue to get better if they surround him with some pieces. Super Bowl 2024, I'm going to write it on my
1: board over here. <laughs> right on my board. I'm going to take, I'm I'm take that tweet and put it over here on my board.
0: The campaign starts now. <laughs> We're going to take our final <laughs> break, Michael. We're going to get to Monday Night Football and the awards on the other side. It's the GM Shuffle. All right, Michael, before we get out of here, let's hand out some hardware. The Fred Palermo best game plan of the week. Who's that going to? I,
1: I, I mean, Mike Tomlin. I mean, Mike Tomlin's a dog down there in Carolina. Mm. I mean, and he went down there and he stopped Carolina from running the ball. And I thought Trubisky played really well. He didn't turn the ball over and they dominated that game from start to finish. I mean, that game was 24-16, but Pittsburgh was the more physical team. Give Tomlin. I thought they had a great game plan. They stopped Carolina from doing what Carolina has to do, which is run the ball.
0: Tomlin's one of the best as
1: an underdog. Who's going on the lamb this week? Well, I mean, you got to put Saturday on the lamb. I mean, you could put the Patriots on the lamb too. I mean, both when you blow games like the way those two teams blow games, you're destined to go on the lamb. The David Ogilvy fraud of the week. Dallas, the defense, That mm. you can't give up 500 yards and call yourself a great defense. Tell me one great defense that does that.
0: I haven't seen one, uh, and it's unfortunate that the Cowboys have uh, resided to this late in the season because it's not good. If, if you don't know, now you know. The Bucks suck. Stop betting the Bucks. They
1: suck. They're not any good. Like, stop it. Like, stop thinking that there's a key you're going to put in
0: the ignition that the Bucks are going to become a Super Bowl team. Just stop. They're no good. They're pretty bad and i was I was pissed off, unfortunately for a second half of that afternoon yesterday cause I bet the bucks. Finally, Michael, Monday Night Football tonight. Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams. A sentence I didn't think we would be saying about two weeks ago. Taking on the Green Bay Packers, the Packers are 7.5 point favorites at our show sponsor. DraftKings total 39.5. I think we might be in single digits tonight at Lambeau Field. Big Daddy, oh, yeah. I'm sure, is going to have the heater on, get the popcorn he'll going.
1: Be, oh, he'll be ready to go. Uh, yeah. yeah, he'll what, be what, ready what to go. To I, he'll be, he'll, he will start bitching four minutes into the first quarter. Let's go over and under on Big Daddy's first text. I say six minutes into the first quarter. <laughs> if, if Baker throws two completion Uh, It's coming. Goode's going to get killed. LeFuck's going to get killed. Do you think LeFuck's got a good haircut tonight? You know that happened. I I mean, look, I think you got to take the points. The One thing I learned this weekend, just take the points. These teams still fight. I mean, the Packers should win this. I I think the Rams are terrible, especially without Aaron Donald, but I'd take the points.
0: Yeah, I have the Packers in a teaser. I just need them to win by two or more. Uh, so hopefully they accomplish that, because <laughs> if they don't, um, that's a pretty Big Daddy will situation. come out. They'll be heads rolling from Big Daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Daddy, I believe in the Green Bay Packers tonight. Uh, hopefully... We get some good vibes out there at Lambeau Field. But that does it for this week's edition of the podcast. A lot of fun today after a fun week 15 in the NFL. The playoffs are only three weeks away. It's going to start to get good, Michael. Uh, thank you, as always, to our producer, Elliot Bowman, who's with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. Thank you to all the listeners. So subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And thank you to you, Michael. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks, fam. Thanks, Elliot.